Hello friends, I'm Vicki. I'm Lynn. And I'm Bree. And we are telling on ourselves. Yes, we are today. We got some good stuff. snap. This is day 275 of Messy Bun. <laughs> Does anyone else feel like that's just been their like hairstyle the entire pandemic? Yes. I, you no, guys I struggle with that. I hear down in months. <laughs> I struggle with that. She's been trying to do a messy bun. Lynn's been trying to do a messy bun for this whole pandemic and it just won't work. She just doesn't have the the twirl. Lynn, you have to have like seven different little like pieces of your hair in little ponies, like those little rubber bands that people use for braiding their hair. You just Absolutely. I want to get a fake bun and put on top just so I can be part of the gang. (laughs) Like one of those like, yeah. Right, like the kind you buy at the mall. Like they're always trying to like yeah. sell you hair. And I'm gonna get this very fancy like little cage to put over it. Have you seen the bun cages? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, I see this happening. Speaking oh, of bun cages, uh, it makes me think of Princess Leia. And I have to say, you guys, if you are Star Wars fans and you're not watching The Mandalorian, you need to get with the program because they are seriously awesome on my list on mine too <laughs> well Maya wants to... you to come over for Thanksgiving she's very disappointed you're not coming over and um I told her that you you are very excited about having your own day and she's like okay fine but that's just dumb <laughs> she did totally and, and, a teenager thing Vicky's talking to me Lynn by the way she's giving me dagger eyes right now and to explain this um since I decided not to go to Kentucky because of the pandemic um I'm like I'm not doing anything. And I realized as an adult, this is the first Thanksgiving that I haven't either had to work or cook for someone, you know, whether it's my family or somebody else as an adult, like since I was 18, the first time that I've not had any obligations and I'm sick, excited about it. It's like freedom. Yeah. 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 And and to even be more anti-Thanksgiving, I'm probably going to order a pizza. (laughs) Do it. I can't imagine the turkey business this year must be like taking a big hit because we had some people even on the meeting that were saying that they weren't doing turkeys. They're just buying like turkey breast. And well, I was here's the, like, yeah, what? this is what's, I read an article about this Brie and next week they're going to have the big ass turkeys on sale for like 35 cents a pound. So if anybody has freezer space, you can stock up. I'm very excited to be getting some because nobody needs those big turkeys. And you know, those poor turkeys gave their lives. They grew them all year on these farms. And then you're like, sorry, Tom, we don't need you this year. <laughs> sorry, Tom. Oh, I feel like I'm going to name the episode that sorry, Tom or bun cages. I don't know. There's just been so many good ones. <laughs> Um, I will will say I did buy, I have no freezer space in my freezer. I really don't like the stacking, uh, like fridges. They're the worst, but so I bought a turkey breast, but then Lynn yesterday talked me into buying a regular turkey. So I'm going to cook my first turkey ever in life. And I'm so excited. (laughs) I hope it doesn't turn out like a Vegas Christmas vacation turkey. (laughs) (laughs) I hope it does. It will be great. Lynn will be there to coach you. No, she's not. She's taking her freedom. I'm taking oh, my freedom and ordering a pizza. Instructions the day before, maybe. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we'll only give you Thursday off. Wednesday, you're working. Okay. <laughs> I am working Wednesday. Don't worry. Um, so, yeah. Okay. So, this week, I have, I went first, not wrong. Woohoo. Giddy up. 
So my first thought wrong, I got a text. Well, okay. So funny story, you know, be careful what you ask for. Yesterday I was standing at the kitchen counter sink. I was doing dishes and I was looking out the window and thinking, man, maybe I need to do more service work. I'm just feeling kind of disconnected right now. It's been a while since I volunteered for anything or, you know, spoke or just sponsored or whatever. I wasn't, I'm not doing anything really. And not even four hours later, my friend texted me asking me to be an alternate DCM, which is the alternate district committee member for our district. And I just looked at the text and I thought, man, that sounds like that's a lot of responsibility and damn it, I don't want to do it. Um, So then I didn't text her back for like six hours because I was just thinking, okay, what can I say to get out of this? Because you don't say no, like you just really, it's kind of one of those things you don't do in AA, like for your sobriety, there's actually like a method behind the madness of why we try to say yes to everything that comes our way if we can. And this is something that I really can do, right? Like just being honest, I, I can do this. And, um, so my first thought wrong was a hell no. What, like, what are the seven lies, like in order of believability that I can tell her, um, to get out of it. But second thought, right. Was I asked for this shit. Like I literally was standing at the kitchen counter thinking, man, I should really do some service work that'd probably make me feel, feel good. And it would feel good to help people and and be more involved. So yeah, I'm going to have to get back to her today. I'm going to talk to my sponsor, but then I'm going to get back to her. And I think I'm I think I'm the alternate DCM guys starting in January. I think. And so like, this is for which area? Um, for 13. Um, so, you know, I was going to say, Brie, for me anyway, listening to you, the second thought, right, was this morning when you said, hey, guys, do you know what a DCM is? And then how much is this going to take and what am I going to do? So you're already doing it. You just needed to figure out how that was going to look for you. Yeah, so that was a great second thought, right? I thought. So that kind of leads us into our topic, because part of the reason why I did not want to step up is because I've been hearing these horror stories about these six hour long Zoom meetings that people have for like the district and the areas and the, the you know, basically, you know, people get on Zoom and it's like six hours long because everybody has an opinion and wants to fix things and share. It's a control thing with alcoholics, right? We all think we've got the best idea. And so we all want to add our two cents. And I was thinking like, man, nobody got six hours for that shit once a month. Like, come on. But that was not me being patient nor tolerant, which is what I obviously need to practice right now. My higher power is saying, Hey, you've been doing a lot of brie lately and it's time to get your head out of your own ass and stick it up someone else's ass for once. So I, I have fear around service work sometimes because I was doing a lot of service work right around the time I relapsed. So I think sometimes I, I feel like it maybe caused a little bit of a resentment. I don't know. I have to work through that, but that leads us right into our topic, which patience is intolerance. That was such a beautiful segue, Brie. Thank you. And we'll start it out with definition corner. DC. Uh, <laughs> DC. Uh, patience is the capacity to accept or tolerate uh, delay, trouble, or suffering without getting angry. I'll say it again. That's an important caveat, okay? The without <laughs> getting angry part of the end. Capacity to accept or tolerate delay, trouble, or suffering without getting angry. I like that. Delay trouble or suffering. That's patience. And then tolerance, since we need to know how we're going to tolerate things so that we can be, be, be 
maintain our patience is to endure pain or hardship, to put up with opinions or behaviors that one does not necessarily agree with. If only our country had more tolerance right now. This has been a year example of what is not tolerant, hasn't it? The funny thing is about that, and we won't get political, but when you put us on a scale of countries that are tolerant of new cultures and different things, like we're, we do okay. We're, you can't have a lot of opinions in a lot of other places so freely and openly, but um, it is something that our country is just hard, having lots of trouble with right now. It is true. And, you know, I think that's, well, the the root of my civic pride and love for our country is that that was what we're based on is tolerance for, you know, we're like the 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 um, Statue of Liberty says, bring me your hungry, your tired, your poor. We take everybody. And and to see such polarizing things happening right now does make me sad. But this is not a political or a country podcast. This is us talking about our day to day life, how to be tolerant and patient. And I'm sorry about that. <laughs> and stay well, sober. Here's what good. I'm going to say. I'm going to wrap that all in because in um, our organization that we're members of, it is something that keeps us together through the traditions. So we have 12 steps and we also have 12 traditions and the 12 traditions keep us from popping off on each other, you know? And I think that patience and tolerance is our code reminding ourselves of that all the time, especially when you're, I mean, we are addicts and alcoholics are typically, I'm going to do like air quotes, egomaniacs. We are all very much about ourselves. We are obsessed with ourselves, obsessed with our feelings, obsessed, obsessed, either on the good end or the bad end, kind of like what we talked about last week, right? Ego, ego, ego. But you get you get into this. This is why service is so interesting to me. And I didn't know much about service until the pandemic hit because I only did those workshops. Like I did little snippets and I hated it. I got to a point where I hated it and I had to pass the baton because I'm a people pleaser and you can't people please and be in service. It's hard. It's hard. How do we say it? Hard. 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 (laughs) (laughs) So, um, so, but patience and tolerance, you know, through this whole zoom thing, I want to say that those six hour meetings, I, I will defend them. I'm sure it's because people don't know how to be on zoom, especially the people that are usually in those service positions are, are typically, um, older. Not, well, yeah, older and not used to tech shit. Right. So we're talking, um, there's just all kinds of things with that. And, and, and we are so patient and tolerant that we, it lasts six hours because we let each other talk. But I will say there's one, when we do our business meetings for the worldwide primary purpose group, we're only allowed a certain amount of time to talk about an issue. And then we have to table it to next week so that that doesn't happen. So, but it's a great learning zone for for how to be patient and tolerant because we are also opinionated even when we keep our mouths shut we're opinionated at least I am yeah and it's time to grow for me you know it's time to get over that shit or like you know learn to live with it and you know grow through it and 
I, you know, your higher power gives you what you need when you need it sometimes. So I truly think there's a reason why I wasn't asked to do this, you know, nine months ago. <laughs> like, Let them iron out the kinks a little bit, then get Brie in there. Let's not throw her to the sharks right away. Um, I, I, of course, think of be careful what you ask for because you just might get it. <laughs> right. Thank you, God. <laughs> we did a whole podcast topic on that. If anybody's interested, compliments of Andy, you know, he said, yeah. do a topic on getting what you need instead of getting what you want. <laughs> and every um, time you're like, damn it. <laughs> yeah. Well, Vicki, I just like that you brought up like the traditions and that too. And, um, you know, patience and that, like, that's why we have it. Right. Um, well, yeah, because we are, we would never have made it as an organization without those traditions. And, and the, the founders and the people that first started this organization, I think went through hell and drama to create these traditions so that we could stay sober because you know the I think I said this did I say this last week about the traditions that um I know I said it in a meeting it keep come keeps coming up the steps keep us from suicide and the traditions keep us from homicide <laughs> so like but the traditions really teach you how to be in relationship and it's interesting because Um, I never knew that. And when I started, when I've started to talk to people about the traditions, it's, it's, you can apply it to your love relationships. You can apply it to parenting. You can apply it to so many things. Um, and it's quite brilliant, but they had to do it. Otherwise us drunks would be still drunk. (laughs) And if you look at any kind of organization that has uh, like the hierarchy with committees and you have the leaders, the leader is not the, um, it's not a dictatorship they're just the ones that keep whatever whatever format that you have set up they keep keep people they adhere to those rules so that you can actually grow and learn and and continue with whatever it is that you need to work on and in my life I have found um if I have a, a guide for living which I have found with the 12 steps that um, I can, you know, I can always, when I'm struggling or suffering, I can go back and say, did, did I do this? Did I do that? And I can always look within to find out what's troubling me. Sometimes that takes patience that I'm not quite ready for to do that. And I have to, I have to kind of keep, just know that it's there and wait until I'm ready for it. Man, having patience with yourself on this journey and when you have to do the work that does, you're so right. That takes so much patience. I didn't even put those two things together because there's sometimes my sponsor gives me stuff to do and it's like, I don't do it because I don't have the patience. I just want to have the good results. I don't want to have to have the patience to do the work and to go to the more meetings and to do the more journaling and to talk to more alcoholics. And like, that is patience too, because it's sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly, a lot of times slowly, baby steps. And I think, you know, when I was drinking, the only tolerance that I had was an increasing tolerance for drugs and alcohol. (laughs) I had no tolerance for any type of bullshit and everything was bullshit to me. I thought everything was bullshit. And now it's like so much more, uh, I have so much more freedom from that feeling like trapped, uh, like, because I feel like intolerance and impatience is like a cage and it, you feel so trapped when you're feeling those things. Like, have you guys ever like sat in traffic? You can't go anywhere. And like, you get rage because you literally are almost claustrophobic thinking like you can't move anywhere. Like sometimes being impatient feels that way for me. 
like I feel like a rage bubble like coming along. So what do you do when you have the rage bubble? Well, I honestly, I have a whole bunch of cliches that run through my head, which is like what someone else is doing or what if someone else thinks of me is none of my business or live and let live or um, like I am not in control of this, let go of it. Like this is not mine to to hold on to. Um, Or I ask myself, why is this bothering me right now? Like, why is this affecting me so much? I have to do that a lot in meetings or in like, like when we just have like our business meetings and stuff like that, or even work meetings. I'm like, is it like, why am I feeling like angry about this or impatient about this? Everybody's just doing what they're doing, going along. I don't need to control this or meddle with this to have it be my way. I think that's like one of the biggest gifts sobriety has given me is to be able to step back. And even though I feel the impatience or like start to feel the rage, there's awareness and perspective that comes. So then I just say to my detriment, sometimes I step back and then I don't need to participate in it. Yeah. Um, I, that is beautiful, Brie. Absolutely beautiful. And it's funny um, when I got a little more adept at feeling my feelings, recognizing what those feelings were. Cause sometimes you just have all these emotions and you don't know how to name them. And uh, irritability, man, was a big one for me. And I realized that I wasn't having patience or tolerance. And when I would use the acceptance prayer, that's a prayer that we use in the program. Um, when some person, place, or thing is not satisfactory to me, look inside myself and figure out why that is bothering me. And I just wrote on here, uh, the road, the road to tolerance and patience is asking yourself that why is this bothering me so much, and that has helped me sitting in traffic, sitting at a meeting, and I was going to bring up too, man, when I was in person meetings, especially probably the first year, um, how many times I'd have to just say the serenity prayer and loop in my head, and I I couldn't do any more than that, but I did do that. <laughs> And for, you know, that poor person that was talking, they didn't know anything about me. They had no idea, but something was bothering me that I couldn't quite put my finger on yet. And I still have to work on that. Sometimes it takes me a long time to discover what it is that's bothering me, but it's always inside myself. Oh, I mean, you you hit the nail on the head with the serenity prayer with me, you know, because I don't, I was not born with the patience button. Um, I just don't own it. Like I have discovered it. I I have to carefully, like it is in a very um, protective bubble and, and I have to make sure that I, that I, that I care for it. Like a, like a little plant, a baby plant, because it can, man, a, a big wind can just blow it away and I can lose my crap because I am not patient. I don't like to be patient, but I've learned how to be patient, but only because of this program. And I think that what's so cool about it is that it helped me in my job. So when I was, um, I never thought of myself as patient. And when I was a sales director of sales, I had a lot of sales reps that were also not very tech savvy. And I remember I used to sit there and I would just be so patient with them. And I don't know where that patience came from. Um, for a long time. And then I'm like, Oh, it's the program. It's because I have to sit in meetings and be quiet when other people are talking. I don't have a choice. So I had to learn how to uh, cultivate my patient's button because I didn't have it. And it took me a long time, but once I had it, then I was able to breathe through it. But man, that 
claustrophobic feeling, Brie, of like, we're not getting there quick enough. Why are we worrying about this? Why do you care? You know, we all care about something different. It's like when doing this past week, we, um, for my class, we did um, don't take anything personally. And there's a part in that chapter of the book and it's about the movie theater and how you go into your movie theater and you see yourself acting on, on the, on the screen and you see how you perceive yourself and it's like spot on, but then you go into your mom's movie theater and, and you see her seeing you from this completely different perspective. Right. And what, what I learn to give me patience is that People are only coming from their lens. They don't know where I'm coming from. I don't know where they're coming from. So if I'm not patient, that's not really fair. It's it because it's not fair to me because it's only going to make me miserable. And it's not fair to them because I don't know what they've been through. And um, it just makes all of us crazy. As, you know what, Vicki, I've found that has helped me in the last little bit with patients is um, I've tapped into compassion. Um, and it's this example I used a while back on the on the uh, podcast. Uh, I was at Mariano's and the deli clerk. You could tell there was a lot going on. And she was like outwardly aggressive. And I was I was getting all, you know, butthurt about it. And I'm like, what did I do? I'm just trying to get some meat here. I don't really know what's going on. And then I took a moment. She's getting said, her meat. <laughs> <laughs> and I and I thought, I have no idea what's going on in that poor lady's life right now. And she is obviously suffering. So instead of me being irritated and taking it personally have some compassion for her. And I did. And all of the negative thoughts just like flew out of my brain that I like literally just, they, uh, they left the building. And, um, when the transaction was finished, I made eye contact and I said, thank you for everything that you do and walked away. And I don't know if it helped her or not, but it was, it was so overwhelming that, and that, that little God wink of this, this can help you and it can make help somebody else have compassion. And it keeps working. Compassion's like a magic silver bullet for me. Well, it's like the tolerance thing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, compassion gives you more tolerance because yeah. you're able to um, to deal with that pain and the uncomfortableness of that person's mood because you know that it's not, their thing isn't a, well. Their thing isn't about me nine times out of ten. Maybe maybe my teenager it is. Like yesterday, holy cow. <laughs> I was told I literally don't shut the fridge ever. It's such a waste because our fridge won't shut all the way. So like you think you shut it and you walk away and you go do your thing. And she's like, mom, you know, she's all about the energy. I'm wasting energy. And I'm just like, whoa, I got to have some patience and tolerance for the fridge, for my daughter and myself. Motherfucker. You know how happy it makes, it makes me that your your daughter's so eco aware though and eco conscious. Yes. That makes my heart smile. She is. <clears throat> it I, makes my heart beat. <laughs> well, here's the thing, right? To have compassion too, you have to understand someone's intention sometimes, which I think that's what helps me in meetings. Is I'm like this person isn't talking on and on and on because they want to hurt me. They're literally, they just, their intention is good. They're, they're sharing because that's what we're supposed to do. Um, We've encouraged that. We don't want people to hold stuff in. Like it's not, they're not trying to be an a-hole. 
Like, you know, I think that helps me have a lot more patience and tolerance too, is when I'm like, okay, was this intentional by this person? And this helps me with Dave a lot too. If I'm starting to get just like, you know, my patience is wearing thin. I'm like, he's not trying to annoy me. He is literally just doing his shit. And for whatever reason, it's bothering me. That's me. He's, his intentions are good. You know, he's just asking me questions and I'm like, there are too many questions you're asking, you know, like how many times has anybody done that? You know, somebody just wants to like talk to you and you're like jumping down their throat, like why all the questions, you know? Um, And I think sponsorship teaches people like patience. Like, that's why I think it's good for some like you to sponsor. If if there's a lot of people in the program, they're like, oh, I could never sponsor. I want to be, it's like, it is such a good practice and patience and tolerance to be a sponsor. So do it. <laughs> so explain a little more. I mean, don't talk about your sponsees, but explain oh, how yeah. that works for you. You know, because, you know, people are newly getting sober. They have a lot of questions. They have a lot of, you know, gunk and shit that they're trying to process and they're newly sober. They're not numbing anymore with drugs and alcohol. So some of them, not all of them, some of them need a lot of care and attention and they need friends. They just need somebody to listen to them because they haven't had anybody to listen to them before. And they might call you seven times a day. They might only call you once, but it might be a three hour phone call. Like, you know, so you need either patience and tolerance or really good boundaries or both a mixture of both. So it's just like a really good practice. Um, for working on that character defect of patience and tolerance is to not only listen to somebody, but create a safe space for them to like share and to do it with compassion. Um, it's tough. It's not easy, but it definitely gets you out of yourself. Bree, that reminds me of, this is a really cool tool for us to use out in regular world when we're not in our insulated safe world of our program of people that, cause there's lots of people that are suffering and sick for a lot of different reasons. And it kind of like that lady that I was talking about, but really when, when people are being ego driven, when it's all self-willed, they're not going to ha- be able to even have the capacity to look at what they're doing, how their actions might be affecting somebody else. And for us to be able to be patient and tolerant and look at them lovingly and say, wow, they've got a lot going on. And none of that has anything to do with me. Um, like the deli lady, like the, or deli the, lady. the meat counter lady, or probably 99% of the people and things you interact with in this world, actually. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. never about us. It's always about them and what they have going on. But I tell you that the, the thing that helps me a lot is principles before personalities. And it's like, we are trying to keep the integrity in the rooms. We're trying to keep the integrity of uh, people honoring other people and being patient and tolerant. And if someone's personality, usually nine times out of 10, when someone's personality is annoying me, Uh, It's because I used to either have that quality, I still have that quality, or someone close to me had that quality and it's bringing that up. So it's really not about that person that's talking. It's about my sister or it's about me when I was in high school being needy or whatever, whatever that looked like, you know? That's a great idea. Well, and patience, you know, it requires waiting, I think is what Lynn said in the definition. It's it's like mm-hmm. patience is waiting, but as alcoholics, it's our nature to want shit right now. I want to already be at point Z, you know, or I want instant gratification. So patience was just like not in our vocabulary at all, especially when it came to like getting drugs or getting alcohol. It was like, 
okay, like I have no patience. Oh, God. You're not gonna, you know, <laughs> like how annoying was it to have to like try to find what you were looking for? Well, especially because I was old. I was a I was a mom and I was old and I didn't like I had to deal with 20 year olds to get my shit. And it was like, <laughs> oh my God. I was I and I would just get so frustrated why they call it drug dealer time because it's not regular people time no. oh my drug God, dealer God. time runs at least like 30 minutes to four hours behind exactly. <laughs> uh, one thing you said brie about wanting what you want right now um this morning in the meeting this lady shared she's doing um kind of a professional development she's trying to learn new software and she's not giving herself the time and the patience to start at the beginning and learn the basics she wants to already be creating what that software is intended for without having any of the groundwork and I find myself doing that all the time with work stuff and with personal things it's like I already want to be at the end game I already want to have the the uh, results and you can't get results until you go through each and every little step that's needed to get to the end of it yeah. Well, you saying that just reminds me that my patience and tolerance will never be perfect, but there are some people who I feel like that is their gift. You know, they, you know, their higher power bestowed them with like a very large patience and tolerance, like threshold. That's like almost like their spiritual gift or like their Jedi power or whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's, it's all, it's progress, right? Like everything else, not perfection. And I look to those people. I, I know I have people in my life who are extremely patient and tolerant. And I look to those people, um, as examples of how well, I can be better. And here's what I'll say. I've gained a ton of patience in my recovery. That is one thing that I think has like, that's why I kind of honor it and hold it so sacred um, because it's a skill that I had to learn and it was really hard for me to learn, but it serves so many people in so many ways and it serves my relationships in so many ways. And, and I want patience. I want people to be patient with me. So it kind of goes back to that compassion piece, right? I want people to be compassionate with me and my journey. So I need to be compassionate with them and their journey. And I think it's, um, it's, I also think that having patience with myself on my journey and, and that whole idea of not shooting on myself, because I think at the beginning, I used to think, oh, I should be okay since I went through all my steps. I should be okay. I'm three years sober. I shouldn't think about drinking anymore. I should, should, should. And that is eliminating any kind of patience for myself and my journey because it develops an, in its own time and its own way. And it's different for each person. And there's no, like, that's why patience is so important because there is, when it comes for me, when it comes to this kind of stuff, this spiritual stuff, this growth stuff, this personal overcoming stuff, there's no linear way to get there. Like it is not on a schedule. You, it, you know, that thing they always say in meetings, you don't graduate. It happens when it happens. And when, and when your heart like uh, thaws out a little bit and when your, your mind stops being such a jumbled mess of alcoholism, you know, so, I mean, I, I think what's most important is to have patience for myself first, and then I can have patience for other people. I have three things, Vicki. That was fabulous. Thank you. Um, and I'll start with what you just talked about, how um, 
learning patience and tolerance is not a linear path. And that tattoo that I got back a couple of months ago is the Buddhist Unilome. And I'll, we still need to put a picture up because it, it really spoke, spoke to me. It's this crazy, like circular back and forth, back and forth and back and forth and up and down and up and down, because that's the path to enlightenment. We're human. We don't just have one straight line. And fun, fun, finally, we're like these enlightened, patient, kind, loving, you know, all those things. It doesn't happen that way. That's what we work towards. And I love that idea. And the other thing that when you were talking about how you weren't patient before you started in the program and been working on it, I just had this click in my head. And I know when I'm not being patient, that's my ego at work. And that's me saying what I need and what I want, what I need to do is more important than that situation, whether it's a person, place or thing uh, is blocking me from what I think is more important. So that's my ego. And that's a good little check for me. And then the last part was when you said, I want people to be patient with me. And that, that, you know, that's the doing to others as you would have them do unto you. And that, that is a beautiful golden rule to think about with patients. You know, Lynn, that can, well, that kind of reminds me, I, there was a speaker yesterday on Soberfest who said, um, told a story that a newcomer uh, was like six weeks sober and he was walking down the street, saw a bag of whatever dope or whatever on the ground. And he came to the meeting and. Um, Damn, where is he walking? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what road is he on? <laughs> but um, he came and was like, yeah, you know, God was uh, testing me. And the guy challenged him to think about it a different way and say, no, maybe, you know, you showed up at this meeting. So God was, God was there helping you. You walked past that bag of dope on the ground and you made it to a meeting. So kind of like with the compassion thing, you know, God's not, when we're like, oh God, you're really testing my patience. What about God is growing you? You know, like, why do we always think it's out there to hurt us or like, it's such an inconvenient, you know, like we got to reframe or I should reframe and think, okay, this is cool. This is like a growth opportunity or, you know, this is what I, cause that is what I want, right? I wouldn't still be here if I didn't want to grow. That's what I like about the program. That's what I like about being sober. Um, So instead of always thinking like, damn, God's really testing me today. It's like, no, this is it. This is how we level up, you know? And the other thing I was thinking about when, when Lynn was talking and you were talking, how sometimes these things happen to force us to be patient, right? But I think it's because someone's blocking us from something that can hurt us, right? So, so like maybe being in an inpatient situation, right? So I'm in line at Valley Produce and it's ridiculous line because they have really good crisis, right? So, um, so and then like, let's say I'm number 54, but they give it to number 58 first and I get so aggravated, but really the person that needed to serve me wasn't available when my number came up. So I got to have this emotional moment with this person that was cutting the meat, you know, I mean, so there's, there's sometimes I feel like things that happen and, you know, I don't know about everything happens for a reason, but I think that there's some synergy and, and when things happen and I have to be patient and I try to be patient, it's like, like I was talking about in the meeting today, something unfolds that usually is beautiful. That's that's the divine, and the divine is receiving a gift that's not expected or um, necessarily. Uh, I'm forgetting the word. It's not expected or deserved, and that's divine. 
I love that. Yeah. So many golden nuggets. Yes. I feel like this is a perfect topic for me in my life right now because I need to be patient with myself. So that was one of my golden nuggets was, you know, first be patient with ourselves so we can be patient to others. And just having that realization that you pointed out, Vicki, that I want people to be patient with me. Why would I not afford the same to somebody else? Like that is maturity, you know, thinking like, okay, other people, if I expect it, other people deserve it from me too. Um, And then I like what you said, uh, Lynn about compassion being the silver bullet or like the cure. I like to think, you know, the cure for impatience and tolerance. It's like the car we get in to, you know, get around the patience and get around the tolerances. Our little, get in your compassion car today. Mm-hmm. That's, my, that's what excellent. I got. I like the whole idea that you, you kind of touched on Brie about how, like when we were out there, we our tolerance for drugs and alcohol was growing. And I kind of gathered from that. I can have more tolerance. I can have good tolerance growing in my life now, you know, and I want that kind of tolerance and I want to tolerate, you know, what's uncomfortable. And if I do, then when what's uncomfortable again comes up, I can, I know that I can do it. So, and, and like the whole idea of the acceptance prayer, Lynn, that you were talking about, and just, you both talked about this. Why is it bothering me? What is, why is this bothering me? And, um, and most of the time it's, well, it's always about an experience, a person placing in my life, whether it's right this second or from before that I need to clean up. I need to clean up my side of the street or stop stopping something. Thanks. Um, and it, mine is all what you guys just said. Um, I like thinking of my road to tolerance and patience. It's always going to be um, self-examination. Why is this bothering me? And and it, I tell you, it has been my, that's how I check in with myself when I'm, you know, I think of it like when I, meditation, like you're trying to meditate and suddenly your brain is like, you know, 50 thoughts away and you, you check yourself, you know, like, Okay, I'm not just thinking about breathing. Where, how in the hell did I get to that pumpkin patch in Kentucky when I got, you know, it's like crazy things. And that's what the tolerance and patience when, when I'm irritated and I'm going down that road, like full barrel, and I finally can find a place to stop and go, wait a minute, why am I so mad about this? Or why am I so hurt by this? So, Aww, I love you, ladies you know, good prayer for this. Bless them. Change me. If you want the shortened version, the, the, the little, yeah. What do you call it the keynote. No, I can't think of that. Anyways. Haiku. <laughs> Haiku. <laughs> Haiku. Fuck you. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, thank you everybody um, for listening today. Please Patreon. We have our $1 holler. If you donate a dollar, we will shout you out on our uh, podcast. And then we also have our $3 swag. Uh, not only do you get a, a shout out, but you'll also get a little something, something, some TOO swag in the mail. So please go to our uh link that's in our show notes for patreon and if anyone wants a free book about sales um and really it's about work breeze read it i think lynn's read part of it but if you guys want a free book i wrote a 
book. It's an ebook. It's not in paper yet, but um, I'm going to give it to anyone on this podcast that requests it. So if you go to our Instagram or our Facebook and send us a direct message, or you can direct message us on our email, telling on ourselves three at gmail.com, I will give you a copy. And it's really something that can help you with life and, and just your career, no matter what. I was going to say, it's not just about sales, but is it the path to joyful sales? It's really the path of joyful living is how I think of it. It's really a guideline for how we can have a more peaceful and serene life. And you all, she knocked it out of the park. So don't pass up this opportunity to be on the ground floor of Vicky's uh, career. <laughs> it's definitely the ground floor. There's nowhere to go but up. Awesome. <laughs> I should probably edit that shit out. Uh, <laughs> I'm not being impeccable with my word. Uh, <laughs> Thanks, everybody. Try it out. out. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to Telling on Ourselves. You can please rate, review, subscribe at Apple Podcasts or any of your podcast platforms. And don't forget to look for us on Facebook or Instagram at Telling on Ourselves. 